0: Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 27, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? What's jumping off the page? What are those lines? We're going to go over everything. The market's actually doing exactly what we discussed that it could do last night. So that being the case, we'll stay on that theme. They busted out to a new high. They made a high yesterday, finished poorly on a day that's generally a signal. It's a flare up in the air that things may not be as rosy as most traders believe. After all, it's always about how they close them, not how they trade them intraday. Today, they spent a good majority of the day, for the most part, floating around. However, what were they floating around doing? Well, they were floating around in a bearish, flaggish kind of formation. It was posted inside the numbers, and it certainly coincided with what we discussed last night. Let's start with what the top line is. They're close together on the daily chart, but let's start with 454 05. What does that represent? Represents the former high, and what do they like to do once they get above it? Eventually, and we didn't know at the time whether they were going to continue a lot higher or they're going to come right back to test a former breakout area. So what did they do? They came back to test the former breakout area. Now, on close, you can see it's 453.99. We'll see if that settles out slightly differently in the next few minutes. As far as we're concerned, there are no accidents, there are no coincidences in the market. Last night, we took a look at the 240-minute chart, and we identified a couple of things. A, you have the same breakout area, obviously, 454 and change, and then B, we identified a breakup candle low that had a low of 452.39. So, we're saying 452.50, 452, something in that neighborhood is where we might expect the market to find the garden variety of support. Now, intra candle, so a 240 minute candle is what? It's four hourly candles. Intra candle, they can certainly spike below the low of that candle. However, unless they close a 240 minute candle below, the low of that candle, it was just, or they, or she, was just running a test of that low until proven otherwise. Now, all that's in the what if or the hypothetical scenario, but we use the concept of they do the same shit over and over and over again. Doesn't matter what chart, all charts act and react the same way. We also looked at the 120-minute chart, and we said that They've hovered over the 20-period moving average. I believe we mentioned that. And from a visual perspective, my interest is down closer to that 450, 250, give or take area. And then we looked at the hourly chart and we said, wait a minute. In that area, we've got the 50-period moving average. So let's just say, for argument's sake, that they spike through the 50-period moving average and they start running a test closer to that 452 to to 452.50 area, that also puts them in what? It puts them in this zone where we know that's an important spot. Why is that? Well, the market ran a lot of time off the clock in that area and then broke out above that area. Now, it started to break out, came back for a quick test, then broke out again. So maybe, and I say maybe because they have run a test already after beginning to break out, but to me, that area is still a pretty important spot. The market spent quite a bit of time eating time off the clock, it said to us, because the market spent a lot of time there, and what I'm looking at when I say a lot of time, I'm really looking at the area between here and all the way up to here. Even though it tried to break out, the market spent a lot of time in that area before really breaking out. So we're coming back again. I submit to you that the market should find garden variety of support, not only because of what we just discussed on the hourly chart, but also the 240 chart. If you keep looking around the horn, you find the 30-minute chart, and then you find another reason in the 100-period moving average right in that same zone, does it make logical sense under normal garden variety market conditions that the market would find support in and around this zone, maybe not within the minute. However, if in fact it's going to find support, may take an hour, may take 15, 20 minutes, may take two, three hours, may take a day, but under normal conditions, the market should find support in and around this zone. Now, We know that's bogus, if in fact they do what? We go back to the 240-minute chart, that's what I'm using as my number. That breakup candle low on the 240-minute chart, we're gonna say 452, I believe it was 39, and a 240-minute candle closing below that low, and the entire concept of that being garden variety support is thrown out the window. You have to know where you're wrong, You have to know why you're wrong. And then the third thing is, if you're wrong, what do you do about it? Is there a trade on the other side? Where is the next area of support? We'll get there if we need it. I'm not giving away the entire farm. Inside the numbers, we're going to run through the commentary. I'm going to circle back to Stocks on the Move. Tump day, we were waking up flat after treading water most of the night. They weren't doing anything. It was a quiet market. So we've still got our eyeball, and i got to get back to the SPY because I want to discuss something else. We have to discuss both sides of the tape. So here we're discussing, are they going to get back to the big fat round numbers, 4,600 in the ES, 460 in the SPY, or they're going to take a breather where is support? SPY 450-450, give or take, was the spot at zero dark 30. Now, just for shits and giggles, Here's a five minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Remember, the number we just discussed as support, if they dropped them, was 454.50. 450. So, right of the vertical is today's activity. So, here in the morning, they got as low as 455.33 and then they rallied them up. And then they basically were in one of those floater chop shop formations most of the day until they hit them hard into the end of the day. We'll get to that later. But look what happened. Once they got close, they didn't quite get there. The low was 454.55. They bounced the market, and then they went through it late in the day. Kind of funny how that works. Kind of coincides with a lot of the things that we discuss. Hey, if they miss the number by a little bit and start to bounce away, it's one of two things. It's bullish, or they're coming back. And so here's how we use that information. If they're coming back, We don't want the trade on the second go-around, so that's how you stay out of trouble. If it's bullish, we have to wait until they get above something else in order to confirm that that was, in fact, going to be a short-term low. Well, they didn't do the first, meaning getting above a certain thing, and then when they came back, if you were paying attention, you don't want that trade the second time around. That's no longer support. And by the way, that was support in the morning anyway late in the day, this is after they ate time off the clock in a bearish formation all day long. Here's the hourly chart, and here's what we're talking about. We're talking about going from this breakdown candle, they never ran a test of the high, and they just basically ate time off the clock all day long from the time they made that breakdown candle, which was yesterday. By the way, traders that have taken the course, lazy e-mini trader, may notice something interesting in terms of time is more important than price. Now, they dropped them late in the day and they were above the 20-period moving average, riding them in a light-volume, quiet market tape. So I'm not suggesting anybody should have shorted the market. However, if you were just painting by numbers, saying, all right, I'm going to take a short Against the breakdown candle high. What does that mean? That means that until they close an hourly candle above that high, I'm going to stay short, assuming, and assume is a big word, right? You make an ass out of you and me when we assume sometimes. We don't assume in the market. But I used the word, so I had to follow through. So if we're going to play for the downside, saying unless they close above that breakdown candle high then I stay short. Now, that would have worked out. But the reason why that's not an easy trade is A, light volume. B, quiet market. C, above all the moving averages, even on this hourly chart. The larger time frames, the trend is your friend. So we have things working against the reason to be short. And here's the other thing. And this is probably the biggest thing that you need to play out for yourself before getting in a trade like that. What would happen if you're at the high running a test of the breakdown candle high? What would happen is two things. A, everybody would be bullish. The tape is bullish. They're beating on the highs. You're the only person short. It's like you're on the don't pass line on the craps table and the only one. Everybody else is cheering on. Everybody's making money. They're rolling all kinds of stuff. And you're the little guy in the corner waiting for him to crap out. It's not a lot of fun. So the point is, you would have to ask yourself, I'm short, now I'm in the hole, meaning I'm in the red, I'm losing on the trade, they're beating on the highs, am I really going to wait around? Are they going to break through the highs, make new highs? Am I going to take a bigger loss? These are the things that run through your mind in those trades. The risk of a bear or bull flag pattern is they go and run a test of that candle the high or the low, whichever side you're on. And while it's a different trade and actually still active until they get above and close above that candle, now it's a different trade than you got into. Now you're in the red. Now you have a different mindset. It's not the same thing. Not to mention, in the last hour or so of the day where anything goes, what could happen? At any point in time, on the spot, they can all of a sudden rip the market back in your face issuing a pie to the shorts. They rally them into the close. They've done it over and over and over again. We've seen it over and over and over again. That's why it's difficult, very difficult, to be short the market in a quiet tape, in an uptrend, light volume. Intraday, you're going to get some down moves. You're going to be able to participate on the short side. However, it's not easy, and you're going to get that rip-your-face-off rally one of those times It's not a lot of fun. Back to inside the numbers. Why did I get on that soapbox? Because I get a lot of questions, and rightfully so, I understand the questions about why couldn't we short the market with the bearish pattern? That comes from inside the number members during the day. They're wondering, hey, if there's a bearish pattern, why don't we just sit short the market? Well, guess what? And I gave that answer. In a short form format, when they emailed me, and that's the long form format, what I just described in this video. Now, when you read the notes further down, you'll see that again, zero dark 30, we're not with the 452.50, we're with a 453.15. That was an intraday level, that was something provided to inside the number members. The 452.50 is from a bigger time frame, more toward that 2.40 chart breakup candle low, two different things. So the concept is we're showing up in uniform, understanding both sides of the tape, coming prepared to play. Let's see what else we have as the morning goes on and we get closer to the opening bell. Already at 8.15, we're thinking back to last night's video and the discussion about the most recent breakout area, which was the former high, around 4.54. If they decide to drop them today, between that and 453, give or take, is our spot. So already at 815, despite when they did it, already at 815, that's what was on my mind. We're moving along, see what else we have. 457 and a quarter, again, this is before the opening bell, is overhead resistance. Once again, back to the chart, right of the vertical, you know the routine. 457 and a quarter, they didn't get there twice. Maybe I have to sharpen my pencil a little bit. But getting much above that area was where it would open the door for that said breakdown candle high. All right, let's scroll up, see what else we have. You can read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart and double check the work. I'm gonna scroll up, let you read the video at your leisure. Those that are interested are gonna do their diligence if they're at all interested to be or already are an intraday trader with either stocks or the S&P 500. Those are the two primary functions of inside the numbers. We'll get back to stocks on the move. Let's think a little longer term, 947. Where's the hourly chart? It's making one of those bearish flaggish patterns. They tested the 20-period moving average, but hovered over it yesterday. Above 457.43, that was really the gateway to that breakdown candle high. That was where they would run a test of the highs, and I discussed that that was not only that candle high, but pretty close to the highs. So that's what we needed to know early on. Market quiet down for most of the day. You saw what happened late in the day. What I'm gonna do is let you read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. Now what we do is go back to Stocks on the Move, and we take a look at the ones that hit their entry objectives. We're gonna look at TXN. We're gonna look at SI. V, or Visa, and AA, and it's not the one you think. The rest didn't hit their numbers. They're off the board. This is where we've got something for everybody. Maybe there's an SPY or an S&P 500 trade intraday. Maybe there's two or three. Some days there are. Some days there aren't. But you might get three or four stocks on the move trades. You never know what the market's going to hand you on any particular day. So here we're talking about Texan. We had two numbers on the board. 185.10 and 183.28. Never got to the second number. That's a different story altogether. Tried to get into a swing trade at that number. They came up slightly short. Kind of left me at the altar on that one. I was a little pissed off. I even sent out the alert before the opening bell just in case they got to that number. However, we're talking about inside the numbers. 185.10, they came into it. They turned around. They went back in the other direction. The rest is history. By 11.45 in the morning, they're at 188.44. They did the deal, and then some. Rounded first, pull into second with a stand-up double. The numbers work. SI Silvergate, this one did it at the end of the day. It doesn't count. Nobody's taking this trade at 3.30 in the afternoon. I didn't even see it happen. By the way, here's the funny part. It worked anyway. When you look at this, it came into the number. And then where was it just minutes later? At a high of a 42 They did the minimum required base hit. So therefore, the numbers work. Apples, you betcha. How about Visa? The trade is on the left. The trade is in the beginning of the day. They came into the numbers, meaning when they're close together, that means I can make an equal case. It's one or the other or both. In this case, it was both. You can see the importance of both numbers throughout the day, but here's the important thing. In the first few minutes of the day, they come into both numbers, spike them through, rip back up in the other direction. Minutes later, you have a base hit and then some in your pocket. When you're painting by the numbers, your average is right in here, 220, 25, 220, 35, and then your high here, 223 and change. My calculations, that's about three bucks. Alcoa Anonymous, 4707 was the number, they came into it, they ripped back up north away from it, they gave you the base hit, and then they melted away. We get a base hit, we put the money in our pocket, if they give us more, if we're willing to hold some of the position for a risk-free, emotionless trade, that's fine. Some days they do that, some days they don't. You never know which one is going to be which. If you're just happy with a scalp trade, You take your about 1%, you go on to the next trade, you go about your business, compounding works wonders. Base hits put you in the hall of fame. If you just did this over and over and over again on a scalp trade basis only, 200 here, 300 there, 500 here, and as your account grows, the position size grows with it. So while it might start out at a $100 profit or a $200 profit, A year later, maybe it's 450 or 750, and you can see what happens after that. It doesn't take that much for the numbers to grow exponentially. The numbers work. What about Camp IWM? All of a sudden, we're in woodshed territory right back into the moving averages. The 100 and the 20, next up is the 50 and the 200. Pretty interesting scenario. They had a fake reversal candle they challenged the top of it. They got over it and closed above it and then failed. Pretty interesting intra week activity. Here's what we'll say we're going to keep it simple. Start closing below the moving averages, there's trouble in paradise. Start closing the week below some of our Irene numbers, there's trouble in paradise. 222.50 is pretty important in the IWM. They start getting below 22250, there's trouble in paradise. What about the folks down at the transportation department? 16,000 put in a tail candle yesterday. Have a nice, healthy, big down day today. How are we going to read that? Let's look a little further. Here's the weekly chart, and they had a pretty stout rally from almost looking into the abyss. Now, they challenged the highs in just 3 weeks time, a little more than 3 weeks. Is that what they're doing? Did they just run up to challenge the high and now they're going to get rejected? Is that what they're doing? Is that option number one? Or when you look at the monthly chart, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. So we're above all the moving averages and all of a sudden we can see something slightly different in the monthly chart and we say, well, wait a minute. Did they make a high, pull back for a few months and now they're poised to go higher yet again they had a huge month whether or not they close at a new high this month doesn't really matter in the big picture from a long-term monthly chart perspective there's technically nothing wrong with this chart that's option number two you have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes daily chart they're pretty far from home base agreed yeah doesn't mean they have to get there but eating time off the clock coming down a little bit, giving home base a chance to creep up. That works off some of that they're too far from home base type of situation. Here's a 240 chart. 15,500 is a 20-period moving average. Oh, by the way, you have a pretty nice, big, healthy breakup candle. The low is 15,609. So you see what I'm getting at. Are we in the middle of another pullback? 120 chart all the way down to the 50-period moving average is 15,352, it's not that much different than the last chart we just looked at, and oh, by the way, can make a pretty good case for, Well, yeah, that's a pretty good breakup candle low, breakout area, the whole nine yards. So we can see how somewhere in this zone, we can make a pretty good excuse for why there is garden variety of chart support, and the transports may not be just falling apart, they may have just tested the former high and are going through a pullback scenario. Now, if they start getting below other stuff and it changes the picture, that's something different. But today, that's the way we look at it. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Cute people, made a higher high than yesterday, came back down, didn't finish on the lows, but didn't finish great on the day. What can we make out of this? Nothing. They're above all the moving averages, They went higher, and then they didn't go higher. That's basically what happened today. Sometimes we just can't make a federal case out of every chart. Let's do this exercise. 30-minute chart. Can make a case they're coming into somewhere around the 50 or 100 period moving average. 378.50 to 376.50, give or take. That's a ballpark deal. Let's see what else we have on another chart. Hourly chart. Well, the 50-period moving average looks pretty juicy. If they get below that 20, guess what? We have a couple of things going. We have a breakout area. They already ran a test of that, so that's not the same trade. However, we have another one, and we have a 50-period moving average. So the market broke out, whether it was from here, whether it was from here is subjective, doesn't matter, but you can see how coming into that zone, we like this one now, comes into the 50-period moving average, spikes it through we have a tremendous breakdown candle which means that once they got over this high they took off to the other side that's another reason why this is a general area and there's more than one reason where there is garden variety of reasons important numbers chart support any way you want to look at it starts to put together the makings of a full stack 120 chart in that zone is the 20 period moving average Sometimes when I give two numbers, we find that they do what? They split the difference. 240 chart, nothing special, except what jumps off the page when you look at the 240 chart? How about not the current candle, but the one before that? That's a big breakup candle. It has a low. Is the low going to be garden variety of support? Well, here's the way we're going to look at it. Maybe they open up below it tomorrow, and then it opens the door for some of that lower stuff. But... If today they were in the vicinity of that low, you're more inclined to get a reaction away from that low. They could spike it, they come up short, and then they start to trade back up north away from it. Intraday, if they got there today because they got close, that would have been a better deal than if they open up and then they just start going lower tomorrow. That's not the same trade from the same number on a day later. You understand that? Not all numbers are created equal every single day. Sometimes you'll see me say, or you'll hear me say, or I'll say, this is the number, or this is the trade today. That doesn't mean that number is still good tomorrow. XLF, similar situation and story to what we found with the transports. Not where they were looking into the abyss, and then they turned around, but where they've made new highs, and now they're just pulling back. Now, maybe they pull back all the way home. Maybe they don't. But after a stock or whatever it is, a market makes a new high, it's normal garden variety market behavior to have a pullback. It's going to retrace a portion of the last move. That's the way markets work. Well, what happens if they do that? Do they fill a gap over here under 39? Sounds like a good place. Maybe they get to 38.50. 38.50 to almost or under 39 38.93 to be exact that in and of itself should be garden variety chart support should create a reaction back up in the other direction depends on how they reach it if they do it quickly in one bite yeah if they creep into it eat time off the clock before they get there that's a different story smash mouth Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until she kicks you out on your ass. We know one thing, one of these times, they're just gonna get busy on the downside. And here's what I'm saying, maybe this is the time. I don't believe this is the time and I just wanna go back to the SPY real quick and just give you a theory on why I don't think this is the time. Again, they still came up short of the round number. They don't have to get there, but here's my theory they generally do get there, and it was also the target, above that, is the official target of the head and shoulders pattern. So they don't hit the target, they come up short of the big fat round number. Now maybe we look back in some weeks and months and say, boy, that was really a signal of weakness, and then they killed the market. Now, at that point in time, we're gonna already know if they start getting below certain things, like for example, the first thing on the docket is that 240 chart break up candle low. If they give that up and they close, for example, the first 240 candle tomorrow below that number, well, then something else is going on and we have a brand new, fresh situation on our hands. We'll address it if that happens. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My Strategic Forecast, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.